0: Hey
1: guys, welcome back to the latest thread. Um, recently we had talked about you know custom versus edge to edge, so we'd like to follow up to that and talk basting or floating. Because um, there's a lot of times where you might want to float your quilt, you might want to do a full baste, or you might want to actually do a, the, the original load, which I, I don't know if anybody still does the original load. But, um, yes? I do. <laughs> Jody does the original load. Yay. So, um, I guess we'll start off with you then, Jody. We'll talk about that.
2: Um, so I, I do, I do the good old fashioned full load pin to all the leaders most all the time, just because all that other stuff didn't exist like 20 plus years ago, you just had to pin it all on. And so I'm pretty fast at at it. So I just do it. Um, I do float stuff if it's small like if you have like let's say you're doing I don't know place mats table runners obviously that's easier to just float on there and I just pin them and then stitch them on um, to do a whole quilt I do not generally float just because I think when you do a full pin it's tensioned on the roller rollers and um, you can see where the problems are and then I can address those. So that's kind of...
1: Sharon?
3: <laughs> Must be a little bit of lag. I'm just catching up with Jody. <laughs> so we do a little bit of both. We um, will do a pretty much on every custom quilt that we do, we base the whole thing. Although there are some instances with some quilts that are really, really pieced well and are very straight that we can get away with not uh, basting the whole thing. But I think my decision for whether I would base or float for a custom quilt would be, if I know what I, I'm gonna quilt in that whole quilt, I can start at the top and work my way down, then I can use my quilt clips, which we'll share with you guys in a little bit. We'll show you some pictures of those to keep everything straight as you go. But if I only know, One thing that I want to quilt and it happens to be in the middle of the quilt, then I'm gonna baste it till I get there and then I can roll back and forth. It's just uh, gives a lot of freedom, but if all of our edge to edge, we for sure float. How about you, Ava?
0: It's in my turn. I'm sorry, I was frozen. If it's my turn. My, uh, Sentiment on basting. I don't baste the whole quilt. Um, I've tried it because some of you really love it, so I thought I should at least give it a try. But to me, it—I didn't feel I had more control over moving across the quilt. My preferred method, if there's blocks on. The quilt is to do a lot of the ditch work and therefore stabilize or if it's an applique quilt I will outline all the applique quilts um, shapes on the quilt first and therefore that's my way of stabilizing. So I
1: guess it's my turn. <laughs>
0: I'm,
1: I'm, I'm the baser of the group. <laughs> yeah I, I used to do full the full loads and even then, as I was getting to the bottom, I'd have extra wonkies, so I stopped doing it that way, and then I tried the the floating method, and that made my life crazy, because I was just pushing, and pushing, and pushing, and my bottoms were crap. <clears throat> so then I went and decided I was going to do full bastes, and I have full basted it ever since. It gives me total control, and I do get a lot of... Yeah, you know, wonky quilts. So um when I'm basting, it's easier for me to work in the wonkies or extra baste where I'm gonna need more detail. So I've just made it a habit to fully baste every quilt I work on, even my edge to edges. It's it's interesting that we all have our reasons for doing
3: things a little bit of a different mm-hmm. way, but we've all been doing mm-hmm. this for several years. So it is and it's sometimes on a quilt by quilt basis too. Sometimes you change your method based on what that quilt needs and good well, to try different things.
1: It is, and I have to kind of laugh because when I first started, I said every quilt I work on is frowny. And then I realized it's me. Yeah. <laughs> it's me when I'm so smoothing it down and smoothing it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pushing all
3: that stuff down to the floor, smoothing everything out. Yeah. Yeah. So Sharon, you have some pictures? Right? I do have some pictures. We'll do a, um, a little share of my screen here, and you can take a few. They're not in any particular order, so
1: whoever's they are, we're just going to speak up. That's me. That's that's what I do as a full base. So um, you can see I do up my size and across my top. But then I also do, like, three-inch three long stitches about every six inches across the quilt, and that keeps everything where it needs to be. hmm This is one of the reasons why I baste. <laughs> um, you can see, um, look, I'm, I'm trying to touch my screen like you can see the picture. <laughs> so in picture number one, this was actually partially quilted at the top. And as I got to the bottom, you can see what happened. So this is the quilt that pretty much started instilling in me, you have to base the whole thing to see what's going on. So I had to pin all that wonky in and you can see that in number two and I've I've even changed my basting method. I don't pin now, I just work it in a little differently, but it it was to control all that border to keep it square. And then in picture number three, it's ditched and controlled and now I can finish quilting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like the more fullness there is, the more pins you need to put in. Yeah.
3: So here's a picture of an example of floating a quilt with the quilt clips across the front. And, you know, I used to use just my pins, you know, the ones that we load to the leaders with, I just use my pins and go across the belly bar and put some pins in. And then every time I would advance, I'd take them out, put them back in, but they don't put an even tension across the belly bar unless you put them end to end. And then you're just pinning and pinning for days. And then, um, what if you forget to take a pin out and sew over top of one of them, right?
1: And so, you also threw all the front of your shirt.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. So, um, these put a nice even tension across the whole belly bar and they're so fast to put on. Yeah. And they, they just prevent all of that stuff from happening to get, you know, as the quilt gets fuller down towards the bottom. Mm-hmm. So here's an example of, uh, of just a little bit of fullness, not as much as, the one that you showed, Karen, but probably a little bit more typical quilt fullness we'd see right on uh, everyday mm-hmm. quilts. But the problem is, is and, and I know I used, to, I was guilty of this, is I would take and smooth that out towards the belly bar, and every time that I did that, it just made it worse every pass. Mm-hmm. So as you can see in the bottom right hand corner of the picture, I have the quilt clip on, but the side isn't basted yet, and so, so what. I'll do, this is the opposite side of the quilt, but same idea, is put the quilt clip on after the quilt is nice and straight, and then baste away from the belly bar towards the pickup bar, and that little tiny bit of fullness in there, you can see, that means I have to deal with it right there, so it's not going to run away.
1: <laughs> and
3: escalate. <laughs> and yeah, and get worse towards the bottom.
1: Yes. Yeah.
3: So this is the opposite scenario where we have the fullness on the inside of the quilt versus the outside of the quilt. Mm-hmm. And nice. you can yeah, <laughs> you can still use those quilt clips to fix that. So here's another example. Just put the quilt clips on the outside edge mm-hmm. and allow this to, to float freely in here. Um, because the, when the quilting happens in this area, it's going to shrink up so i think that's all i have for pictures
1: okay yes of that one so jody you don't have this problem at all because you don't really do a lot of client quilts right (laughs) anymore
2: (laughs) no not right now i'm not but um no and i used to use i I was thinking about it when sharon showed her quilt clips i used to use the magnets Mm mm-hmm and gosh, they work good, but they are super dangerous because if you, they're so magnetic that if you have your finger near the edge, it will like just pinch your finger. It will bleed. The little, I mean, and the bad. blood bruises. Yeah. 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 And I'm kind of, I don't do all that fixing, I guess, even, you know, in a customer quilt, I will take in, like, I'll go up the sides away from me and suck in that extra. Mm-hmm as much as i can but i i i'm just i just don't do all that work um because i feel like i'd have to charge for it
1: Mm -hmm.
2: and knowing my clients the majority of them are not going to want to pay for that so i can get it pretty well eased in and usually it's by choosing um, a quilting design on the border if it's the border that's an issue which most often it is i'll just choose a quilting design that i can kind of hide their extra fabric in Mm -hmm. piano keys being my favorite (laughs) the fixer of all evils
1: (laughs) yes Yes. so ava do you want to add anything to that after the photos
0: well um actually I wanted to ask Sharon so, on the picture with the fullness in the center and you're using the clips on the outside, do you still use starch and your other methods, or do you literally just use the clips to get that sandbleness out?
3: If I can understand what you said, you asked if I still use the starch. So, I'm going to assume that's what she said. Okay. Um, yeah, depending on how much fullness there is, I'll definitely go in and um, spray some spray starch and go over it with a, a hot iron. It's amazing how much a different, that difference makes. Mm-hmm. But um, I usually don't resort to that unless I think that my stitching is going to cause a fold somewhere. So, you know, if, or if my stitching is going to trap some of the fabric and then when the, the mm-hmm. machine comes back from the other direction, then it it traps the fabric and would get stuck there so if I think that that's gonna happen then I'll definitely take a hot iron with some spray starch over top to, and it's amazing it sucks it right up um, and there's some other fixes that we'll talk about that you can use batting for um, but uh, I typically try not to unless I think it's gonna stitch over on itself I don't like spraying a lot of stuff on somebody else's quilt just in case, but if I have to, then, then I will. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And like, I, always, oh, I always like to add, there, there's usually a phone call. At that point, there's a phone call involved to the client and be like, Hey, have you pre-washed this? Please, please. And don't lie. Cause I'm going to spray some stuff on your quilt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So okay, on that note, we will take our little break, and hopefully Ava's Wi-Fi will be back up and running when we come back. And when we come back, we're talking batting. And it's a, it's a good follow-up to this, because a lot of times batting will fix your issues with your quilt. So, we'll see you in a minute.
3: Hi everyone, my name is Sharon Blackmore. And I'm here today to tell you about the Coast Regulate on your gammal quilting machine. I'm going to tell you how it works as I stitch. So this will be really fun to watch. Right now, my machine is in regulated mode. So we know that regulated mode regulates the stitches per inch based on what we tell it we want it to stitch. So if I stitch faster or slower, it's going to constantly stitch a, a determined preset number of stitches per inch. What Coast Regulate does, It is a bit of a hybrid between the regulated mode and the constant mode. And constant is where there's no regulator at all. And so this gives us the ability to make some big, swooshy, fun movements, as well as do some smaller stitching in the same pass. Here we go. So I'm going to do some larger movements. And our regulator is determining our stitches per inch here. But what if I decide to do something smaller? Now my regulator has turned off. You can hear the machine is a little bit quieter, and I'm able to get a nice high number of stitches per inch to make very smooth pebbles, nice, tight, clean arcs. And then I can also pick back up to do larger movements, and my regulator then kicks right back in. So this should be fun for you to experiment with at home and see what mode you like the best.
1: Welcome back. Um, Ava's here. She's in a different area so hopefully she's got some better wi-fi and and our meeting will go a little smoother. So um, now we're talking batting and that we just we're going to start out with a couple pictures and then we'll just elaborate from there on you know what our go-to is for certain battings and, and how they can help out with certain issues on quilts. So throw it over to you Sharon. Okay. This is just, um, yeah, the Hobbs, the Hobbs pamphlet with all the different battings. And you can usually pick that up at a show, or if you call them, they might send it to you. But it gives you a good feel of the different battings. So you can
2: I think it's always good, you know, if, if any batting companies, if they have those cards available, I think, I mean, I have a, t- a whole stack of them. Because it is nice, I think, to feel it. You know, you can look at it and it'll say, you know, the loft is whatever. But I, for me, anyway, unless I actually can feel it and I like to pull on it to make sure it's not stretchy, I think those are a great thing to have.
0: Also, if you quilt for other people and you try to educate them about battings, you know, because they don't necessarily realize what an impact the batting can have of the final result, then you have a reference. You know, like you said, you can feel it, whether or not you use the same brand of batting than what's on this chart, but it still gives them a general idea. I think it's helpful for them as well.
3: Yeah, so how many batting, different battings do you keep on the roll at
0: home then for your clients, um, I, I keep, I keep two. Five. Oh. Hmm? I have five different ones, and they are. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a cotton batting because there's some that are you know, one just the straight cotton as well as the blend um the cotton poly blend and then i also have the cotton wool blend i have the wool and well i actually have more than five i have the poly down and i have the um ah the the white the bright what is it soft, and bright. soft and bright thank you and then i have small bolts of bamboo and silk just, I like the small bolts just for me to try out a uh, different batting for, you know, a different type of small quilt I'm making, just so I, I know how some of those battings work and I can pass that information on, whether it's to customers or students. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What do you keep in stock, Sharon?
3: 80/20 uh, and 100% wool, pretty much exclusively those two. And some of our clients will bring us batting that they want us to use, and that's fine too. Um, and I was going to ask what you guys thought of. Do you keep black batting, Ava?
0: I do not.
3: Because I mean, I maybe I use it once or twice a year. I wouldn't think it would be worth keeping a whole bolt of it, where I, you know, they can be, get it from
1: the local quilt shop. I, I usually keep three to four just the the king size packages so that mm-hmm. I don't have to like order it when I get it quilt in, but I don't keep a full full roll of it no no
3: most of our most of our edge to edge work and even some of our custom work is just the eighty twenty it's it's a nice quality for a good price and um it just has a little bit of extra loft than the 100% cotton. It's just got a little bit more fullness. And then the con- combination of the 80-20 with the 100% wool is what we pretty much use for every custom quilt, almost every one. Some of them just get a layer of wool. Some of the really heavy wool quilts are
1: already pretty heavy already. Yeah. I have used also just two layers of wool
3: mm-hmm. without the eighty twenty, 20
1: but um, the 80-20 just gives it that little stability i guess yeah yeah base that base
3: yeah puts all the texture on the top of the quilt where we want to see it not on the back right Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. should we take a look at an uh, example of a quilted block with some different battings then sure Mm
1: -hmm. karen that's yours right yeah i did this um being in Florida, a lot of people bring me cotton, and then, and I'm going to elaborate a little bit on this because they want all this detailed quilting, and there's just not enough in the cotton to, to, I think of it, like, I try to explain it to them like stabilizer. Like, if you were doing embroideries with 87,000 stitches, you'd need more than one piece of stabilizer, you know? So, but it just, the cotton is just too flimsy for really dense quilting. Um, the next one is like a mid-loft poly. It's, I don't know, about a half an inch high. And that sucks it up a lot, but I don't particularly like poly batting. So, And then 80-20 does its job. Like you said, it, it just one layer of 80-20 is a really good – it sucks up enough. It's, it's stable. It washes well. And then the last one is the 80-20 topped with wool, which – that's, that's my favorite combination because you just see that detail on those stitch lines.
2: Yeah. It does make a big difference to use two yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I like to do it on my, just on my own quilts, I use two layers sometimes, but you know, and in the past I did this, I used the eighty twenty and the wool because I wanted that like, you know, you can get the faux trapunto look that way. But now that I make a lot of modern quilts, I don't want that look. But because I do a lot of lines, if you've ever quilted a quilt with a bunch of straight lines, they can get like, I don't know what you want to call it, like ripply. Because if your batting doesn't have enough poof in there, then they're kind of empty, I guess is what it is. So I use um, cotton or something dense on the bottom. And then I put a layer of um, what did you just say? Thermore. Thermore. If you've ever used that, it's meant for clothing because it's very, very thin, poly. And then I put that on the top, and then it's just enough extra poof to fill in the straight lines. So I mm-hmm. want them to be full. I just I don't want them to look super. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, and that's a good point, too, as to what Jody was saying, because um, I've learned a hard lesson. I did a a quilt with all straight lines, and I wanted the two layers, but there's a difference between wool and wool. You you look at two different brands, um, and the loft is (coughs) twice the loft from one to the other mm-hmm. and so i used the loftier one for my straight line quilting and to me when i do straight line quilting and we're talking half an inch spacing so not super wide and uh, it was way too puffy, and it totally changed the look of the quilt you know of what i had envisioned mm-hmm. uh, and so the loft that you get with two battings, depending on what type of quilt you use it in, you know, if it's a wall hanging or even a bed quilt where you just want to accentuate some areas, you know, the, the loft, you want the higher loft, but for certain types of quilts, as in straight line modern quilts, be careful how lofty you're picking mm-hmm. your bed. And
1: uh, another thing I wanted to add, not to be cutting everybody off, but before I lose it from my brain, <laughs> um, with the poly, I've actually had quilts where like the squares were real wonky and saggy, and I've cut like twelve-inch squares of the poly and just stuck them in under those blocks because yeah. it, it 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 gives the poof to suck up the fabric, but it doesn't like it doesn't make that trapunto look. So there's a couple little little things you can do to fix some of the. Wonky that fullness, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. The leftover
3: pieces of wool from trimming quilts, I save all those because you never know you can just smoosh them in somewhere. Yep, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. The the other thing that I find that the wool does with um with really dense custom quilting is it it helps uh, soften that cardboard effect that some have you heard that where mm-hmm. they say oh it's it's stiff as a board like it's quilted too dense so it's just like cardboardy it it I find that it softens the quilt, and it gives it maybe a bit of a better drape. Yes. So um, when people are nervous about, oh, well, I don't want to spend the extra money on the wool because it's a little bit more costly than the 80-20, or just a regular cotton, and sometimes just that factor that it helps to soften the whole, whole overall feel. So if they are wanting to still use it on a bed, it will soften and, and drape a little bit nicer. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's like I think wool is light. Like I've had some yeah. some clients are like, "Oh, the wool's too heavy." I just do, and they wanted two layers of eighty mm-hmm. twenty. Like,
2: mm-hmm. oh my
1: <laughs> quilt. two layers yeah. of eighty twenty is a heavy quilt.
3: Like we have a queen size a king size quilt that we use in the winter time. That's got two layers of eighty mm-hmm. twenty, and it's just got a nice heaviness and warmth to it. Um, And I've even done the 80-20 and wool combination on some of the edge-to-edge quilts that I own personally, Um, depending on the pantograph that you use. If you have a design that's pretty much an even spacing of density of quilting all the way across, I wouldn't do that. But if you have a design that maybe has some like a tighter swirl and then a bigger feather, Mm -hmm. the extra Mm -hmm. loft is just going to give the design more dimension. So sometimes even in an edge-to-edge,
1: is good yeah all righty that's the only pictures we have right that is it okay yeah. and where we are <laughs> so um anybody want to add anything to any of that yeah i think i'm going to get myself one of those batting cards yeah oh yeah Mm-hmm.
3: I don't have one. I mean, we stick to the same batting and we have for years just because what ain't broke, you don't fix, right? Yeah.
1: That's yeah.
3: Very much but, so. Yeah. It's good to experiment a little bit too and hear what your points of view are like the, the thermal. I don't even, I've, I've never, never
0: used that. The Actually, the thermal was intended for hand quilters also because it's. I think a- it's meant for clothes because it doesn't get
2: stiff.
1: I thought it was meant for like the look. We're all, we all have our own thing for that also. Um, but it's thermal. Like you can use it in the
2: the pot holders and stuff, can't you? I don't think because it's poly. Oh, hmm. Yes, it wouldn't melt. Oh, I wonder why they call it that then.
1: I don't know. Don't listen to no. us. <laughs>
3: <laughs> we don't have all of the
0: answers. <laughs> But you're right, Sharon. It really is helpful to have the charts and I try to get the charts from a couple different you know batting companies number one um you know they offer different type of products, and you know then you like I was talking about the different loft and the wool batting, for instance, you know even you have choices within you know those companies for the same type and of course, I also think it's helpful um, to know that certain companies manufacture their battings differently. So if you get a batting where they don't needle punch, you don't have to worry about which way you're gonna lay your batting because that's not an issue with this particular company. You know, So there's all kinds of different things to consider with batting. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So you guys do more show quilts than I do. What do you think is the best batting for getting the quilt to hang nicely and to show well?
1: Well, <laughs> I'm sure you'll all have different answers. <laughs> it, it, well, it, it also depends on how, like on my own competition pieces, how how little I have, fudged stuff <laughs> because I, you can have like i always use eighty twenty 20 with wool and no matter how how good the batting is it's going to hang but if i have fudged my appliques just a little it's still going to need a blocking so that it's perfect and flat and square you know it, so the the blocking will help anything
2: hang nicer my choice is a You know, years ago, everyone used this heavy cotton batting. And I think we've recently gone away from that. Um, And people all want to use wool because, you know, it, it doesn't hold it, whatever. It doesn't hold the creases. But I find that, to me, not only does the batting not hold a crease, that doesn't matter to me because the fabric does. So no matter what, you use, that crease is still going to be there. It's going to be in the fabric. So I like it. I've been using a super heavy, thick, dense cotton as a base layer on every one for a couple of years. Um, And it's from the warm company. And I don't know the name of it because now it's heavy. So when it hangs its own weight pulls the stuff out. So I've, I mean, and I can fold them up and put them away. You bring them out and hang them up and those wrinkles are gone really quick. So I like the heavy one myself.
0: Ava, you want to add anything? Well, I was just thinking about what Jody was saying. You know, that's, I never did think about that, what you just said. It's not the batting you have to worry about. It's the fabric. You know, you are just. But what she just said is true. Because if you've ever been not at
1: a quilt show and your friends are, and everybody's sending you pictures of your quilts, that first day you're like, oh, look at those creases. And on day three, when somebody sends you, you're like, oh, it looks a lot better. Cause like its own weight is helping to pull it, the wrinkles out. So
0: yeah, very good point, Jody.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. But the batting does make a difference. And and I do like to have wool in there with the firmer base. I've tried different things to put on the on as the base layer. But it really all depends, again, what we already talked about, what style of quilt it is. You know, there is, a. I think you have to um, modify based on what type of quilt you're making. If, for instance, if it's a traditional quilt and I have a lot of feathers, (laughs) I may choose a different combination because I want those plumes to stand out, whereas if it's, what Jody has in her background quilt, you know, a lot of straight lines. I want that to be crisp. So I'm, I'm not going to choose the same combination. So I, my point being there is it's not black and white. There's a lot of variables. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well
1: that kind of wraps up this, this episode. Uh, we talked about floating versus basting and a bunch of different batting topics so we hope to see you again next time don't forget in all the groups tag the latest thread and we'll be happy to respond to any of your comments so take care see you next time bye Bye.